Perfecto. Okay. Christina Stevenson, the Radiance Guru. I First of all, I love that name, the Radiance Guru. Where did that name come from? Thank you. It um, actually just kind of popped up. I was doing a, a Facebook group, private group, um, and we were trying to come up with a unique name. And I felt like that just the 20, 25 years of experience that I'd had in skincare and nutrition. Um, and I want people to find that radiance from the inside out. And I want that glow to show up, um, which is radiant skin. So I think it just kind of came together when you, you know, throw out words out there. So yeah, it was actually came about between three people. <laughs> and, and you know what, I think that's super important in terms of just the feeling. Right. Like, like as uh, I was talking to some a real estate friend of mine and, you know, she was just talking about houses and she goes, you know what, when, when someone finds a house that that just is right for them, they just feel it. This is the feeling, you know, it just bites them. It just it's that, that that thing you just go with, whether you call it a gut feeling or whatever. So just like the name itself, you know, you, you threw a couple of things out there. Go, you know what, that that just works. That works with me. I It resonates, it resonates with me. Right. Mm hmm. So tell me, tell me a little bit more in terms about your business, how you got started in, in the beauty business, uh, what inspired you, and, and let's go from there. Well, gosh, I, I, it's so crazy to talk about like 20 years ago, because it really does seem like it was just the other day, but I had left Charleston, South Carolina, and moved to Florida. I was waitressing at the Breakers in Palm Beach, which is a beautiful hotel down there, five-star hotel, and I remember just always going over to the spa and thinking, you know what, I want to work in the spa. I think that would be neat. I actually had some skin issues back then, um, some cystic acne and breakouts. And so I thought, well, you know what, I'll get into the skincare thing and see what that's all about. And really, so, was, and, and, and real quickly, so, mm -hmm. so you, you were, you were struggling with acne at that time yourself. Correct. Right? And I realized after the fact and looking back on it, it was endometriosis. So I had the cystic acne, I got put on the Accutane back, you know, in the day. And uh, yeah, it was just my, I could not clear up my skin. So I think a lot of estheticians go through that where they get into it because they had not the best skin. Right. And, and you know what, it, it, I, I call that uh, scratching your own itch. Meaning a lot of the times, uh, a lot of business owners, before, when they start themselves, they, they feel there's something going on with them or something around them, whether it's, you know, your, your own skin or a family member's skin. So there's an issue, a concern, and, and you're like, you know what, I, I want to get this cleared up for myself or, or them. So you're basically doing it for yourself because you were, you were in that boat. So when you were dealing with those skin issues, Christina, like, like how did that feel? What were you going through at that time, seeing yourself, uh, knowing you had these skin issues? At that time, did, did that cause any controversy within yourself or, or were you, uh, you know, a lot of people struggle for, struggle with confidence or, or just not liking their skin? What was what were some of the issues that you were dealing with? I think, yeah, looking back, probably there's always that lack of confidence and not feeling good about myself and trying to cover it up with makeup. Um, I had a really great friend that his, her husband was a chiropractor. And uh, that's where I learned the nutrition piece from. So, you know, he was trying to work with me on the nutrition piece of it too, but she was into skincare and we would go get facials, but it just never seemed like it would, you know, clear anything up, you know, and it was one of those things where you right. name it, I tried every product out there that was on the market. I mean, I went and bought the whole system just to say, okay, what can I do to clear this up? So there was a lot of um, discovery with it. Right. And, and I think that's what a lot of people do. 
right? When, when you, when you have, it's a, it's a pain and you're looking for the medicine to, to cure, to cure that pain. So you just go on that search, right? You, you go here, you look at this. I think a lot of people, especially, uh, you know, myself included, my wife included, you know, we'll, we'll deal with these issues and we're like, okay, I'll try this. Okay. I'll try this. Okay. But, but it's not guided. Right. And I see a lot of people with like, like myself, I, I was lost and just trying this, trying that, trying this, looking for instant results where, but, but that's not what happens, right? The, that instant result. So, so what did you do after that? So, yeah, I think I just, you know, like you said, decided to go to the doctor, which is what we always do when something's not working right and we can't uh, find the solution on our own. And he put me on the Accutane and, uh, what, what is Accutane? I, I oh, know. gosh. You know, now it's really, there's been so much studies on it, and it's really not a good product at all or an ingredient for the body because it shuts down all the sebaceous glands in your body, and it cuts off all the oil that you need, the sebum, and uh, the side effects are really bad. I remember back then I had to sign a waiver that if I got pregnant, I would abort the child because of the birth defects wow. that were related. Because, because of... Because of this Accutane that you're going to put on your skin, you had to sign a waiver that you could have child issues. You could correct. Yes. Wow. And now, years later, they have found that if the male is on it, it can affect the baby. You know, they they never really looked at it. It was a 50-50, right? Because two people are involved. (laughs) But yeah, that all the studies have realized that, yeah, whether the male or the female is on the Accutane, there can be some major birth issues, um, birth defects. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, if I would have known that, I probably would have never been on it. But my body went through a lot of changes and and you have hot flashes and um, your lips are dry and they crack. Like there were a lot of side effects from it. Yeah. And then you have that poison in your body that stays in you. Oh, wow. That, that just sounds like 50 degrees. And, and, and you know what, one thing nowadays, when you, when you look at so many chemical related illnesses, you know, I'm not saying what's related to what I have. I personally have no idea. I'm not a doctor, but, but I do say this, you know, cancer is on the rise, right? We have uh, people with all these health conditions, uh, you know, heart disease. And, and, you know, of course that that's diet related as well, but a lot of people would say it's genetics or, or, basically how your body is, but there's all these things that are on the rise. And when you look at what we're putting into our body or on our body, right, that, that doesn't help. That just sounds well, like I'm, bad. Oh gosh, you, you get me started on this subject. Then I girl, can go get going, girl. Let's, let's, let, we, we got to <laughs> clear up these things. Cause you know what? I know people, I know people that are on that, that signed that waiver. And sometimes, sometimes the pain is just so much at that time, or you're struggling with this. I have a dear, dear friend of mine that uh, just was struggling with acne, just, you know, he just, you know, what are you gonna do? You know, he tried this, he tried that, he tried the Clearasil, tried the Proactive, all these other brands and out there, but, but it wasn't going away. And, and when you, you are desperate, when the pain hurts so much, when you are so self-conscious, whether it's looking in the mirror, taking pictures, uh, relationships, mm-hmm. right? All those kind of things, uh, you know, at some point it, that, that people will lead, go in that solution because they want that quick fix, but they don't know that long-term result. Right. Well, we don't, we weren't educated back then. I don't think now the education has become so much more that yes, we always thought it was genetics. Um, we didn't realize that lifestyle played such a huge factor in it. So yes, you put all these chemicals in your body on a daily basis, harmful chemicals. Um, yeah. 
that you just don't even realize and then they accumulate. So that's kind of, you know, where my career has gone is really educating people on how to get those forever toxins out of the body. So yeah, when you kind of fast forward almost 20 years of my aesthetics career, that's where it's led me to because I don't think, well, I know it wasn't taught in school. I mean, I still go to the schools and do guest speaking and mm-hmm. they just don't have the time to talk about the nutrition piece when it comes to the skin. And I mean, we think about it, our skin is our largest organ. So yes, I just actually posted on Facebook in a private group that I have um, that any issues that you have going on within your body are usually going to show up on the skin first. So that's a sign of, you know, that esthetician saying, hey, you know, this has changed in your skin. So let's take a look at what has changed with your lifestyle. And I think we're getting more into that in in this um, industry. And that's such an important topic, Christina, because when you look at it, I I believe, and and I think esthetician, you know, the, the schools that teach, there's just so much information and so much time that they have to, to you know, share that info, to teach that info, to, to disseminate that info. I think two of the biggest shortcomings of that, where they're like, hey, we're gonna teach you how to do a facial, or we're gonna teach you about the skin. But the two of the biggest shortcomings in that education, one, that nutrition aspect of it, mm-hmm. because that, that, that's just huge. And the second thing, which, you know, you do a little bit more of the nutrition side of it, I do more of the business side, is the teaching how to do the sales and marketing of that. And, and we'll get into that a little bit more oh, because you're, you're opening up a business and they're saying, hey, you know how to do a facial, but do you know how to run a business? You know, as a, as a, as a business woman, you're a business first, then you right. do the woman part. You're a, you're a business woman. It's kind of like a two statements. Like, it's like if yeah. I'm telling you, Christina, you're a business woman. All right. So, so, so you're putting all this stuff on your skin, the, the Accutane, uh, take us, continue that down that journey. So, yeah. So like I said, I was working at the breakers and, you know, of course, you know, you're thinking about money and trying to make as much money as possible. So I'm like, Oh, $180 for a facial. I get 50% of that and a tip. Yeah. This is looking good. You know, coming from waitressing. Mm-hmm. And I remember, and I, uh, I owe this lady everything. And I tell her constantly because we actually just reconnected about a year ago, but um, her name is Kathy and she is in Palm Beach, Kathy's Day Spa. And she was kind enough. And, you know, here I'm really dating myself because it was, I think I looked on in the phone book back then of day spas, opened up the phone book and it said that she had been in business like 10 years. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give her a call and ask her some questions. She had no clue to who I was. She um, took about 45 minutes and told me the pros and cons of the industry because I told her I was looking to go to aesthetic school. And I was just so, you know, thankful that she took that time to talk to me because she gave me so much valuable information as a business owner. Um, So I decided to go to school. Yeah, I said, well, you know what? I think maybe this is for me. And so I went to school. I uh, was very fortunate that I was in Palm Beach. So the International Dermal Institute was right there in Fort Lauderdale. So I didn't go to the best school. And of course, Florida doesn't have, you know, very many hours. And so I took it upon myself to continue to learn. And I really had found my passion. And um, I just said, you know what? I saw those instructors up there. And I said, one day I want to get up there and teach. Like, I want to be like Gabrielle and Goldie and but never saw myself doing it. Just thought I want to, I can do this maybe one day. 
And mm -hmm. then I just was able to get a job with Dermalogica. So I was thankful that that happened. So I moved back to Charleston and uh, worked with Dermalogica. Then I worked with Jane Iredell Skincare Makeup, which is another fa fabulous company. Um, and then I worked for Hydrafacial. So I was very thankful that the three leaders in the industry I had the chance to work for. Wow. Um, but going back real quickly to the Kathy story, I just happened to um, have to make a phone call to Kathy's for a, a product line that I was supporting and helping out, um, kind of like his contract work. And I had to get on the phone with her. She had no idea who I was. And so after the conversation, I said, Kathy, I just have to tell you who I am. I know you're not going to remember. Told her the story that I just told. And she was like, oh, my goodness. I said, it's because of you. Yeah. that I've been in this industry almost 18 years because of you taking the time to stop and talk to me and give me the information like you did. So I'll cry thinking about it because it was just- I'm crying, listening. I'm like, crying listening to you, okay? <laughs> she and I both were like, wow, like, can you believe this 18 years later? So yeah, now we stay in touch all the time, but you just, and that's what I tell all the students is that you never know where this industry is going to take you and you have to stay open-minded to anything and everything because- Yes, the school does the best that they can because they have to prepare you for state board, but right. that is not real world. So then, like you said, you know, coming out of it and deciding, oh, I mean, I ask that question all the time. Who wants to own their own business? And pretty much everybody raises their hand because yeah. they think that's going to be great. Well, I did that, too, for two years. I owned my own business. And so I've been able to do a lot of different things in the industry to now you know, teach it to others. Yeah. So, and, and you know what? That to me, that is so critical when. I know a lot of people like that, and that's why I'm kind of cheering up on myself as you tell a story, because, you know, I'm remembering the time where somebody took their time to, to help me answer some questions that I had that literally just took my life to, to a level I never imagined. So, so first of all, shout out and thank you to, to all the wonderful mentors, to the yeah. people that care, to the people that are willing to share the time, their time, their knowledge, their experiences to answer questions and, and same thing with you, Christina. First of all, you know, thank you so much for taking your time out of your schedule to, to share some of your knowledge, some of your experience and helping other people that are maybe just beginning their journey or, or, or are on their journey, but still slightly have some questions and, and concerns. So thank you so much for well, that. Thank you for having me because this is yes. exactly what I've asked for is to just be able to, to pay it forward. Yeah, and, and, and that's what we wanna do, right? There, there, there are no strings attached. We're not trying to trying to sell anything. We're trying to share some information and say, hey, this is what we have. This is what we kind of figured out because somebody was kind enough to do that for us. So the pay it forward method works. So how long have you been, how long have you had your own business now? So let's see, back in 2010, I think it was, I was with Jane Iredell working and I always wanted to have a Dermalogica concept store because of working for them, seeing you know their uh, concept store in New York and California. I was like, you know, I want to do this in Charleston. Mm -hmm. And so I put together my plan. I had it all written down in a notebook. And I mean, everything to the date that I had written down, like when the electricity was going to be turned on, when I got my permits, everything like happened exactly to the date. 
And so I opened up and I felt like a lot of eyes were on me because, you know, for two years I had been teaching as a business consultant, how right. to run your business. And then I go open up one. So everybody was really wanting to see what was going on. Does she um, drink her own Kool-Aid, right? Exactly. Because a and, lot of people, a lot of people can teach, right, Christina? A lot of people can teach, but it's right. more a matter of like, like what you're, what you're saying right now is like, you can teach this. It's, it's like teaching theory out of a book. Mm -hmm. This is, this is what the book says will work. However, whether you're dealing with skin or you're dealing with a business, there, there are uh, different subtleties that you have to apply. And when rubber hits the road, what do they say? The proof's in the pudding. It is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I, quick question be, before uh -huh. we get into that a little bit more. So running a business is hard, stressful work, right? Yes. When, when, when you're working for somebody else, you have set hours. Let's just say you work from, you got the nine to five. They made a song. I've got that nine to five, right? <laughs> right. That, that's how it is. You go you there. Walk you walk away from it. You clock in, you clock out. But when you run a business, the stress, the, the hours you have to put in. And, and also, uh, not a lot of businesses make it. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm, I say that in two ways because, one, there's a lot of businesses that go out of business. I believe that's about, let's just say 25%. Mm -hmm. the, the other ones that, that are not out of businesses, there's not profitable, meaning they're working the hours, they're doing all the work, but they are living literally paycheck to paycheck, trying to get clients in so they can pay their electricity bill. So, so running a business is, is not for the, the weak-minded, weak-willed. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to start a business knowing that there's going to be some challenges or, or, or did you not even think of that and say, you know what, I'm going to run a business and you know what, you're right. I didn't think of it because I just was excited and thought, you know what, I love the concept store that Dermalogica always talked about. And so I wanted to do, do the pods and it was strictly just skincare. So I only had two rooms. And if you think about it, 2010, what had just happened? 2008 oh. with the financial issues um, and the economy not doing mm -hmm. well. And I didn't even pay attention to that because a couple of reasons, like you said, I just wanted to open my spa. That's all I wanted. Um, but I do remember being on a call with the team and everybody talking about, hey, you know, what's going on with your accounts out there? And I was like, you know, we're doing well here in Charleston. Like they haven't seen the crash. You know, nothing's really happened. Actually, it was 2009 uh, because it was two years that I had it. So 2009. 10 and 11, because um, I started it in November. And I do remember that conversation saying, you know, we're doing well here. Like nobody's complaining. People are still buying. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, that didn't last long. So uh, we opened in November and March, we did 102 facials, you know, so I was wow. very impressed with like, wow, you know, but there was a lot to it. And I was very blessed because I had three wonderful estheticians that came straight from school they were eager, they were hungry, um, they wanted to learn. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, that really makes a difference is who you pick. And I had someone tell me one time, you know, you interview them just as much as they interview you. Yeah. Because it's a two way street of how you're going to work together. Um, you know, those kind of things to look at in business, just personalities. Um, so I'm really excited because I have something that I'm launching next year and there's going to be a little mindset test that you can take to find out your nine dimensions on how you run a business as an entrepreneur. Oh, so that's something really exciting that's coming up. But um, yeah, it, it was a great learning experience. But then, of course, 
the economy had tanked in Charleston. We were kind of the last to feel it. And I just thought, you know what, I'm, I don't want to go into debt for this. I don't feel that I felt I went with my gut feeling. You know, they always say go with your gut feeling because it can mm -hmm. never lead you in a bad direction. Yeah. And I just said, you know what, this is not going to turn around anytime soon. And I was very blessed that I walked away from, you know, the lease. And he said, we understand. We saw what you were trying to do. But, you know, when we concentrate just on skincare, that's a tougher market, too, because we still don't look at it in the United States like they do in Europe as a treatment that needs to be done on a monthly basis. You know, we're quick to go get our hair done and get our massage and our nails, but facials still are just looked at as kind of that luxury. And so I think that's the other thing that the industry is trying to do is just educate more and us as the estheticians learning more about the wellness and the nutrition piece of it is just going to make us be able to be better for our clients to help them with other issues if that's what it is going on with their skin. So, so why is that? Meaning, and I 100% agree with you in terms of in Europe, they see it as, as a must here. Is it because a lot of people believe in that quick fix? They believe they can just cover up with makeup like a Band-Aid and, and not deal with the underlying issues? Meaning what's the different mentality that you feel based on your experience uh, of why people don't do this consistently on a monthly basis? I think there would be a couple different factors because, you know, we're the society that we want a quick fix. Uh, we want pampering. So maybe how it's been promoted is just that pampering type thing instead of more of a... Um, take care of this issue and more of an educational type, get to the root cause if you've got things going on with your skin. So right. I think it could be a couple different factors to look at depending on how you're promoting your business, because then people are going to look at it as that pampering aspect. Um, and then, like I said, really, you know, it, it like anything, I feel like it gets to that root cause and not everybody wants to, you know, make the changes that they need to make in their lifestyle to uh, have a little bit better skin or have better health um, because it, it takes some adjustments that maybe they don't want to do. I, I kind of went through it myself. So yeah, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of, you know, different things that go on. Yeah. And, and, and you know what, like when I think about it, see, uh, I started getting heavy into my skin and to my skincare just because one, I'm, I'm in my forties now. Right. And the more I'm learning about it, it's one of those things saying, you know what, if I started this, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you know, how much better could my skin have been? Right. So at that, at that point in time, I'm not looking and thinking long-term because again, I could do this or as a, as a guy, I don't wear makeup, but I think a lot of women, uh, they, you know, they can do the makeup. However, when you look at it, go, if you do not take care of this skin now, I, I wish there was like a button we can just push and go, this is what you're going to look like 20 years later. <laughs> this is, this is your skin yeah. now. Right. Because that, because that's what, you know, when we're in our forties and fifties, as you age more, there's just so much makeup you can pack on. Right. right? And our mothers might not have taught us that either. I know my mother, no. she's 86. And I mean, she's religious of washing her face every night, but she didn't really emphasize like the importance of it. And you know, making it a big deal. And in Europe, you know, they have a lot of things that are just different that they do over there with the whole wellness piece that we don't do in the United States. Um, but it's changing. And, you yeah. know, the COVID has kind of changed that because people have taken their health a little bit more serious. Yeah, got, you know, th there's a lot of good things that came out of COVID, right? Uh, you know, th there's a lot of negativity. They say one door closes, another one opens. You, you have a lot more businesses 
and and you know we'll get into this a little bit more later in the in the beauty business i think so many people were hit hard because they were just relying on their existing clientele coming in for facials correct right they their their retail game was 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 kind of there their online presence was kind of there however they were not able to monetize on it they were just relying hey we, we our books are filled people are coming in for their hair they're coming in for their facials however uh just like the crash from before just like the crash this COVID going on now, it's really disrupted the industry. And a lot of people have had to pivot. And the ones that have pivoted and are accepting saying this is the new norm right now, right. what can we do to, to stay afloat? Right. And you know who said that great was uh, Jane Werwin, the owner of Dermalogica and International Dermal Institute. She did a little podcast right after COVID. Mm -hmm. um, had started. And that was something that she had always talked about that I learned from day one with her is that you have to learn to pivot. You have to learn to be open. You have to learn to change things up because it's very different these days than how it was 20 years ago. You know, the internet, and I was one of those that I fought it. I didn't want to have any, you know, of my business online, as far as I, I was the old school, like, oh, I'll just talk to people out on the streets and pass out cards, which right. you need to do that too. But you now need to have the online presence. Um, but I finally said, you know what, you can't fight them, you got to join them. So I said, you know what, that's what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn how to have an online business um, in the health and wellness space and the skincare space. So then, like you said, when you find that even if you just want to take a vacation, I mean, how many times have we heard people say, oh, I can't take a week off because I won't make any money. We right. are always trading time for service in this industry. And we taught it. That's why you mentioned retail, you know, to be able to retail to people um, to have that additional income. So it's like really learning how to pivot your business and, and being open to other things, because if you're not, then you're right. The business is not going to change. You're just going to stay stagnant. Yeah. So, so, uh, like, like for yourself in your business, like, how are you structured? Like, like, what are your various profit centers that, that you're able to generate income from in terms of your business other than, than the, well, yeah. What, what are they? So I still do a little bit of hands-on treatment. It's funny after I got into aesthetics, I did treatments for about six months and then got into the sales and education. And then the first of this year, actually, um, there was a wellness center in downtown Charleston. And she said, well, you know, since you have your aesthetics license, do you want to do nutrition and aesthetics? And I thought, well, sure. And it made me realize how much I really didn't enjoy. And it's, it's horrible to even have these words come out of my mouth because say it when I do the treatments, I enjoy them while I'm doing them, but I, mm -hmm. I'm not the kind of person that can do it five days a week, you know, six treatments a day, I realized that that just was not me. When I got into, you know, sales and education, it was like, that's my passion. Yeah. And I, I struggled with it. And then of course COVID hit and it was like, oh, I didn't have to tell her that I didn't want to do facials anymore. <laughs> but it was um, just realizing that my platform is much bigger than the four walls. And, and that is another blessing that has come out of it because I know dealing with so many skincare therapists over the last 18 years, we have this sense of wanting to help people. That's why yeah. we get into it is because we want people to feel beautiful. We want to help them with their skin. And I think that's the thing that we're missing in this industry. And now that this has happened, it's like, hey, 
there's a lot of other ways that we can bring in additional income and then take our education outside the four walls and not just do a facial. So that's kind of the, the other platform that I'm starting the first of the year and, and starting another business. But yeah, I, I still do the treatments. I still do retail sales, um, starting the, the business the first of the year with a partner of mine that we're coming together and just really, we're gonna change the industry because we really want people like you talked about to be able to do both, have the, the purpose and the passion, be able to talk business but then also that piece of the, the personal skills that we don't really get in this industry either. Yeah. And that's a lot that I've worked on is the personal skills and, and just getting past some of those roadblocks that we have. And I think that's why COVID again has happened because we're doing this whole cellular cleanup of old debris that we have with beliefs and our mind and, and things that we kind of cut ourselves off to that can make our business and our personal life go forward. And then we can teach it to our clients. Yeah. And, and you know what? You've, you've had so much valuable information right there. And, and to me, uh, whenever I look at the beauty business or, or the aesthetics, the aestheticians out there, because I'm not an aesthetician, right? I, I, I love the beauty business. I, I, I admire it because I want to take care of my, like I'm scratching my own itch in terms of my skin and what I need to do. So, so this was my journey and, and how I got in there and me being from the sales and marketing. So whenever I speak to someone like yourself, an esthetician or, or anybody in the beauty industry, uh, one theme always hit me again and again, talking to people that are so passionate about the industry. To me, I see you all as a wonderful hybrid between like a doctor, nurse and a teacher. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're healers and educators, right? So whenever I speak to somebody, I'm just like, you know, that you know the information so well and, and you're so compassionate, like a, like a nurse would be and you heal like a doctor would heal. And, and I see that, but, but the only thing I, I see a lot of people also just uh, putting themselves in that box, like you, you say, getting out of the four corners, you know, four walls, you know, putting themselves in is they see like an esthetician, typically like when they're newer, they see themselves as someone that does facials. Right. I do facials. I do massage. I do lashes. I do breasts. And again, that that's fine. However, uh, because of the COVID slap, right. And we don't know if there's going to be a shutdown or some people are, uh, tentative because they, they go, Hey, I don't want to get infected or, or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. That's where this opportunity of the mobile education. So, uh, there was a book I read a long time ago called, uh, thinker toys. And what Thinker Toys is about, and this book really helped change my life, is it, it's how to think. So basically how uh, inventors invent things. And, and what they'll do is, let's just say there's a, a bicycle. They've got this bicycle. The Peloton's a great example. So they go, hey, we have these exercise bikes. Okay, what, what is one small thing we can tweak with this bike to take it to the next level? And uh, Christina, one of the exercises on it was they go, well, Let's just say you're, you're in a profession. Let's say you're an esthetician. An esthetician, let's just say, does facials, you know, just to go with that. So what Thinker Toys, the question they ask is, okay, and it, an esthetician does facials, okay. Then they go, okay, an esthetician does not do facials. So they, they tweak the question to say, you do not do this. If, mm -hmm. if an esthetician does not do facials, skincare, massage, what does an esthetician do? And you just brainstorm and you go, okay, uh, if an esthetician does not do all these things that are standard in esthetic, 
what are the things that you do? And it comes up with ideas like, okay, uh, I'm an educator, I'm a public speaker, uh, uh, I do a lot more retail, I do sales. So, so you come up with all these ideas that are outside the box because you're no longer thinking like an esthetician. True. Right. True. So, so, so this book, and if anybody's listening to this, check it out. Thinker Toys, great book. Uh, it's just an interesting read to to think differently. Because in order to, to live in these times where everything is different, you have to think different. You can't, you can't go in this industry with that original thinking you had before COVID, right? Right. And you can't, you know, the three words that you don't want to ever use is I know that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you start using those three words, I know that, I know that, then you better get into some personal growth classes because you don't. And we're always needing to be resilient and change and be open-minded. I mean, if, if you're not, and you think that you know it all, then your time is kind of limited probably in any industry and definitely this one, because this industry, and that's one thing that Kathy told me when she gave me the advice almost 20 years ago, she said, I'm going to tell you a piece of advice. The day you quit going to class is the day you need to get out of the industry because the yes. information is always changing and you just have to change with it. And I've never, never stopped doing that. I mean, no, even in when, you know, I used to work for the companies that I worked for, we would have education for our accounts and I would, you know, have other people in the room and people would get up and leave, you know, or, you know, I'd have coworkers that would leave and, and go make phone calls. I stayed in that class every single time and listened to that educator that I had brought in because I never knew what they were going to say differently than maybe I didn't hear two years ago. And so, you know, that was one thing that I think probably was a little pet peeve of mine when I was in education and, and people would come to class and I would invite them and they were like, well, what's the class on? You know, and you'd say, oh, you know, stem cells or peptides or whatever. And they're like, oh, I've already done that class. And yeah. it's like, yeah, but you don't yeah. realize that Good the information changes. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so I, I beg everybody, you know, to attend any class that you possibly can because you're going to, to learn something. I mean, always. And then it just opens that door to whoever knows what's next as far as where you can take your business. And, and it just takes one idea. I, 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 this is one of my constant themes, Christina. I talk about all the time. Like, like uh, you know, I got all these books behind me. I, I'm a nerd. I am such a geek when it comes to learning. And, and there are books from all different areas. There, there's books from fashion. There's books from uh, autobiographies and just stories. Because you don't know when, when someone said something in, in their way or a completely different industry, you're like, you know what? It's not about that industry. It's like, how can I apply that to what I'm doing? Correct. So, so this worked for them. Great. How can I tweak it just a little bit uh, you know, and, and make it mine? Because you know, that, that's how a lot of these industries started, yeah. right? When, when you look at it, it's like, you know, this idea, someone borrowed this idea from here. There, there's wonderful combinations uh, of ideas. You put them together. But, 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 that's the, but that's the additional thinking that I think people need to have is, okay, this person said that, I already did peptides or, or whatever it is. Okay, maybe they'll share with them a story or an idea that, that I'm like, oh, you know what? I heard that before. But sometimes, like, ha have you ever seen a movie like 10 times and the ninth time or 10th time, you're like, oh my God, I missed that part before. <laughs> right. Right? We, oh, we've yeah. all done that. You, know, you, you can watch it again and again or read a book and again and again. Either one, we didn't catch it the first time. But more importantly, what, what you just, uh, I think, alluded to as well, is we change over time. 
and we weren't ready for it then. And I had a business coach do that not too long ago when, when we were on a call, somebody said, Oh, thank you. I needed that. And he said, no, you don't, you don't need anything but water Mm. and a roof over your head and food. It's just, you were ready for that. So I've even taken that out of my vocabulary and taught other people to say, you know, don't sit there and say, I need that. I need that. No, it's just now you're open-minded and you're ready and you're changing daily of whatever that mission that you've set out for yourself. It propels you and it's that momentum that you get going to take you to that, that mission statement that you're going after. And then it's so fascinating to watch it happen and, and write down, you know, daily things that are like, oh, yeah, that happened. And I got that from that. Or I understand mm-hmm. that, like you said, from the different books, because there's always something to learn out there. Absolutely. So that's the other piece that I, I want to, you know, share with other estheticians is just stay open minded. Yeah. And you know what? When someone, this is so, so critical because when someone is not open-minded, if someone is like, like for example, those, those classes that you had or those instructors that you brought in or people you brought in speakers, if people are saying, no, I already know that. Oh, I already know that. I, I'll, I'll, I'll know right then and there, this person is not going to do very well in their business. Correct. Because if you feel you already know everything, if you're not open to new ideas, then you are limiting your, your income, you're limiting your potential, you're limiting yourself to, to working with other people. Because, you know, like, uh, I don't know you, this is the first time you and I have ever met on video. Mm-hmm. But, but one thing I can say, I, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, you would prefer to work with, coach with somebody that's open-minded versus someone that is a know-it-all. Absolutely. But then I also like a little challenge. So if somebody says, I know it all, but I'm open and I'll, I'll, I'll listen to you and hear what you have to say, then I think that's always a good thing too, because you may have those breakthroughs that you, you know, don't always have. If you're, if you're truly an open-minded person, you may not have like a breakthrough. I mean, I was one of those and I feel like I'm a very open-minded person, but I was so closed off to the idea of an online business and I just fought it tooth and nail. So, and so why? Why were you so, were you so, so here and, 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 and uh, were you closed off because you didn't think you needed it or were you closed off because you didn't know how to do it? That's a great question. I would say that it was one thinking, how would I compete with Amazon? Because Amazon we know is number one. So it was almost maybe that fear that I had to work through, um, thinking I couldn't do it. You're right, not knowing how to do it. Uh, you know, somebody had mentioned earlier that it's not the how and the who that you have to trust because that's, you know, to the higher universe up there, whatever you want to call the higher universe, I call it God, but he will take care of those details. What we yeah. have to do is just find the what and the why, and then it all comes together. And I knew, you know, that things needed to shift because personal things, you know, with taking care of my mom and, and different things like that. And I thought, well, you know what, if I can find the, the right thing and let it just all come together, then I guess I need to, to stretch my comfort zone. So I guess it was getting just stuck in my comfort zone and having a little yeah. bit of that. Well, I don't need it. Or I know that, or yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there was and, peeling and, back and, a lot of layers of, of personal stuff. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I, I, I think we all deal with that to me. That is one of the biggest, like, so for example here, 
at, at this point you, you were able to switch over and now you're adding all these things, you know, the, the online presence, this, that, let's just say, and, and again, you know, there's a lot of factors. Let's just say a fear, the fear and the unknown was one of those, right? I think a lot of us business owners, like, okay, you know, it, it's that old story with the fox and the sour grapes, right? He's saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to get these grapes. I'm going to try to get these grapes. And then he's like, ah, you know what? I don't want to need those grapes anyways, because he wasn't <laughs> able to achieve it, right? So for, for in the business world, there is so much unknown. There's fear. Like, for example, you and I are on camera right now, right? There, there's a fear of being on camera, mm -hmm. right? There's a fear of me talking about my business. There's a fear of, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I'm going to look stupid doing this. What if I fail? What if all these things, what if somebody takes advantage of me and I lose all this money? Uh, you know, you, you look at all those things and, uh, and it's tough, but let's just say based on what you know now, right. Meaning you, you're still alive. You didn't right. uh, fall right. off a cliff, right. Unless I'm speaking to your spirit, which is, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know, but, but I'm thinking that's you. Right. Right. So, so, so you didn't fall off a cliff. You know, there were probably some growing pains and, and a lot of education involved. If you were able, if you could go back in time and do what you're doing now back then, when would you have started doing this? Like the, the oh, online presence? Gosh, I would have started many, many, many years ago. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Well, because, you know, like we just talked about how you have to pivot and you have to be resilient and you have to find new ways to innovate yourself. And I was not doing that um, because I had a little bit of a closed mind mentality thinking, okay, well, there's only one way to do it. And there isn't, there's multiple ways to do it. Um, so yeah, I would have, have totally changed it. But, you know, also I think we, when we're going through just personal stuff, which definitely, you know, I don't call it COVID that much. I try to call it planet reset because it's, it's dealing with all that old stuff that we have in us. And mm -hmm. that does affect us in the business world. So if we've not addressed the personal stuff and the fears and the, the, whatever comes up, the old belief systems that we have and the mindset that we can't break through, then it's definitely going to affect us in business. So that's why yeah. it's a twofold system that you've got to address both of it. So, so let me ask you this question and kind of slightly going back into that before, uh, looking at all this online stuff that you're doing now, right? You're, you're, uh, opening up stuff. you got a new business coming up a portion of it. When could you have started this before? Like, like looking at, at your business, that, you know, whatever's available, when could you have, how many years ago could you have done this if, if you wanted to? Probably 10 to 15 years ago. Okay. So let's just say 10, 10 I like 10, 10, 10 is a nice round number. It's yeah. easy to do math. How much, let's just say you did this 10 years ago, right? How much more do you feel, you know, being conservative, could you have made extra a year? Oh, Probably hundreds and thousands of dollars. Yeah. So a hundred thousand. Yeah. So no, you, I, I, like at least per year, per year. I'm not talking oh, per, year, years, per, per year, per yeah. year, uh, 50 to a hundred thousand. Yeah. Okay. So again, I'm being, I love conservative yeah. numbers because if I, if I throw numbers too high up there, people are like, that's stupid. Right. That's it doesn't ridiculous. seem doable. Right. That's not, that's just a lie, Wick. So let's just say 50,000. Mm -hmm. You know what? 
for that 50,000 is too much. Let's just say, and, and I believe you, you know, I think 100,000 is too low as well, but because there's a lot of naysayers out there and, and I love numbers, mm -hmm. let's just say if you would have done this a decade ago, 10 years ago, you could have made an extra 25,000, right? That, that's, you're saying 50 to 100,000 you could have made. Mm -hmm. I cut, I went down to 50 and I'm like, you know what? Forget the 50. I went down another 50% and I said 25. So yeah. if you did this a decade ago, you would have made, let's just say at an absolute minimum, an extra 25,000 mm -hmm. over 10 years, mm -hmm. that's 250 grand. Correct. I'm a math person too. <laughs> right. Yeah, so so everybody that's watching this, so, so Christina, so now you've done it and, 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 and believe me, I, I am with you on this journey, right? The, the fear, the unknown, the, 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 how do I do this? The, the second guessing that, that we go through, mm -hmm. could, could you, do you honestly believe that after this short little segment that a lot of this, which is most of it is mental. Would you agree? Absolutely. How much of it would you say is mental? Meaning it's not no heavy, you didn't have to go weightlifting and, you know, get stronger to do this stuff, right? It was, there was no heavy lifting involved. How much of this would you say is mental, was, was mental now that you've gone on this journey? 100%. Okay. So 100% is mental. How much of it do you think was just the, you know, your, your, the self-confidence, the doubt, that's all, that's all. What, what goes into this 100%? Break it down for me. What, what were the doubts, the fears, the unknowns? I think it's, like you said, the, the belief system, the doubt, the, the fear that you feel like that things are unattainable, you know, maybe not really realizing for me, it was finding out my nine core values that really made a difference and how I could vibrate on a daily basis on those nine core values at a level that what I was putting out there was going to be energetic and people were going to feel that versus you know, somebody coming into my spa and me sitting there complaining and telling them because they, you know, people get very comfortable with their clients. Yeah. So they start kind of talking a little bit too much personal. So I think it's like really digging deep into that personal piece of it. And then, you know, we have what 32 negative emotions that come up. So gosh, you know, let's talk about all 32 of those. <laughs> that can take a long time too, of just peeling back the layers and figuring out why you have these old belief systems from a child. And then it just, you know, past experiences that maybe you had a business partner that it didn't go well. So then you bring that into the next one. So mm -hmm. just lots of different thoughts that, that come up. So if you, so, you know, based on this conversation and, and now you're doing a lot of this stuff, right? You, you've done a lot of this stuff. You, you know how you can teach because you've been down that journey. So, so just to recap, Christina, based on your thoughts and, and you know, the, the beliefs that you had that conservatively cost you, but over the last 10 years, between 250,000 to a million dollars. Yes. Correct. Everybody listen to that. And this is, that is why this is so valuable is saying you are losing money based on the fear of the unknown, fear of this, the, the fear of the doubt, right? Just limiting ourselves because we just think that we're not capable or, or, you know, we have all these old thoughts back there and the 
the subconscious mind that tells us that we can't do something. And that's the part that I really love too, is, is really having that deep conversation with someone and then guiding them on how to get rid of those old belief systems. So then they yeah. have that breakthrough moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, and, and that's what it is because see, I, I truly believe that, that people like the, like the, some people that have that extra self-doubt, uh, we all have self-doubt. I have self-doubt. You have self-doubt. We, we, I think that the higher up we get, the more self-doubt we get. Am I good enough? Do I really know how to do this? And, and, and this is a public announcement to everybody. A lot of us are winging it, meaning we, we kind of know we've done this, but we don't know of the unknown that's out there because the world's always changing. Right. And there's abundance right. out there already. Yeah you know, queued up for you, ready to come your way. I mean, I posted a picture the other day because I was at the park and all the sparkles from the sun on the water. And I now look at those sparkles of all these blessings that just come my way and be worthy of it and be accepting of it and know that yeah. it just continues to flow because of the work that I've done with myself too. That's it. And it's a belief in yourself that, hey, you're going to go on this journey, this unknown journey, and there's going to be things that you don't know. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. right it's called google <laughs> it's called, <laughs> hey i don't know how to do this is google it, it's it's reaching out to a mentor who's who's who can take you to this personal part of the journey but understand this that fear of even taking that step it's you know th that 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 kind of coma we put ourselves saying no that's okay or or i didn't need that or or i'm going to resist that is, is costing so much so so going back into you when, when you started your business like uh, other than of course the, the big catastrophes that are happening, what were some of uh, the other problems that you ran into that, that you didn't expect? Like just in, in terms of just running a small business, things that came up, you're like, oh, I didn't know about this or, oh, I didn't think about that. Um, you know, because I had been with Dermalogica and I had taught for two years being a business consultant, I mean, I felt like I had a good, basis of understanding marketing, how to do your marketing calendar for the entire year um, in January. You know, so many people wait until the, you know, two weeks before a holiday to say, you know, Valentine's Day and try to put together a promo. And it's like really yeah. planning that out, um, making sure that your staff is positioned well, understanding your numbers really well. And, retailing, which is huge because we had taught that for so many years that, and I know people still struggle with it. They don't want to retail, but like you said, it goes back to where we're educating our clients and they want that information. So, um, you know, I don't think I, I knew it all by any means, but I felt like I had a good basis because I had been teaching it. Um, and it's looking at all the different aspects and just writing everything out and being really in tune to it and not just kind of saying, oh, you know, it'll take care of itself or not, not planning. I think the planning thing is a big thing is just really paying attention. But then it's Absolutely. that trust too, because that takes it to a whole nother level of, of trusting and knowing and walking in that spot every day that it's going to be the best day possible and having that mindset too. So I think it, it goes both ways. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And so I think, ah, uh, God, I remember who was it? Jack Canfield. He, he had this wonderful story that I'm going to, I'll do a vlog on sooner or later. And he was talking about confidence, like a, a poker game. 
He goes, you know, if you got two poker players at, at the table of life and this one player has chips, like, you know, this many chips, just stacks and stacks of chips. And each of those chips represent the person's confidence. So you got this, this guy right here, this player one, he's got stacks and stacks of chips confidence. And you got player number two, he's only got these many chips. He's only got like 10 chips. This guy's got, you know, a hundred chips. So the guy with a hundred chips, he can bet more and on each play. So he can go more into the business because he's doing it with confidence. He's got more confidence to give. He can bet more. But the guy that's got the, the, the less chips, only 10, he's only going to go in one or two chips at a time, right? So, so when you look at the game of life and the confidence that, that you put, the more confidence you have, the more you can participate, the more you can do. And the less chips you have, you're a little bit more uh, timid. You're a little bit more, you know, mouseish in terms of, of how much you're, you're getting involved, right? And, and to me, that's what a lot of this is, is that, is that confidence that you're bringing based on just, just doing it. We, we, don't, we don't know what's gonna work. We don't, you put it out there, did this work? Yes, no, it's not failure if it didn't work. It's right. just like, okay, that just didn't work. Cool, let me, let me change it a little bit and let me change it a little bit and, and it'll work. So, so looking at marketing and sales, how important is sales in terms of business? Are you talking retail sales? Just service retail, just the bread and butter. Yeah. Is being able to have multiple streams of income, whether it be retail or service. So why is sales such a bad word? Meaning, I know. meaning in the beauty industry, right? Like, like retail is, is important, right. right? You're doing, you're performing a service on somebody, whether it's a facial or this or that. And, and uh, the, to go back later, they go, well, I don't want to sound pushy. I don't want to, it's mm -hmm. like, well, are, are you confident that this is the right thing for the client? Meaning it it's one thing if you're, yeah. right? It, it's one thing if you're schlupping something and they don't need it. They're like, hey, you know, what do I got to get you in this car? Right? No, it's not, a, it's not about being a car salesman or a woman, right? But, but so, so what, is it confidence? Is, why aren't a lot of these sales happening when, when the, the client needs it. They came in for the service. They need this for that ongoing maintenance, right? H how can that be improved? What, what are your thoughts? Well, I'll never forget Jane Iredell once said on one of her DVDs that she made everybody listen to. And she said, you know, esthetician, makeup artist, massage therapist, they would do services for free if they could because they hate asking for money. Mm -hmm. There's just something in us that is that caring mentality and that giving mentality that then we feel guilty to then say okay I did this service and now you have to pay me and I think that then of course comes back to the old belief systems of what was told to you when you were a child around money and that's another thing that you have to work through because if you know, you're scared to ask somebody for money, you're right, it goes back to that confidence and you saying, you know what, why don't I believe in it? So of course, then it comes back to the, whatever products you've chosen, making sure that you go to class for learning the benefits of the products. And that's what we used to always teach is the features and the benefits. And we would say, take right. sales out of it and just go with the education piece. Because I mean, if you think about it, we were all selling when we were a child. I mean, who was it? Um, I think it was Zig Ziglar that said, you know, you're at the checkout counter with your yes, mom yes. Heading for that candy bar and you're selling to your mom why you need that candy bar. <laughs> so we were like born salespeople when we're children. But 
it's just gotten this bad rap that sales is such a bad thing. But if you go at it with the purpose and the passion and the confidence that you know what you have is going to benefit someone yes. and it is truly going to change their life. And then you have the success stories to be able to say, Hey, you know, I had that happen yesterday. I was talking to a client and I'm like, I can sit here and tell you tons and tons of success stories, but why, you know, we need to create your success story. And he was like, okay, I got that. So I think it just takes time to have that confidence. And when you're new and you're straight out of school, you don't have it because you haven't had your hands in it long enough. But for people that are seasoned, that have been in it for five, 10, 15 years that they still have that struggle, then you really have to get into those personal development skills and dig away at the, the layers of why you have a hang up with accepting money because it's so much more than just saying, hey, you know, I did a service and now you have to pay me or, you know, going up $10 on a service or, um, you know, asking people in a service, hey, do you want to add, do an add-on treatment of an eye for, you know, $30? And people are even scared to do that, even though they know that the eye treatment is going to be beneficial for them. So that's a whole nother conversation to have with somebody yeah. is why they have that hang up. And it's more you know, than confidence usually. Yeah, you know, and, and you're right. And, and, and more importantly, I think the, so, so here, if a, a business owner is not doing that, Right. Of course, it's affecting their business. Right. One, you should be doing it. You know, don't be afraid to sell. That's easier said than done, I guess you could say. But more importantly, the your client is suffering because because a definition of a client is basically somebody that's coming into your business to to be treated for something. You know, mm -hmm. that client is under your care. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and if that person's under your care and, and trusting you and going with you. And you know you, you need to give that client ultimately everything they need to to leave and and live a life of confidence of beauty of whatever they came to you for. So people don't come for a facial, right? They they come because they want to leave feeling more confident. They want their skin issues handled so they can get that job, they can get that relationship, they can live better in selfies. So there's a reason they, they come in for that facial. Right. Would you agree? And we're so scared to ask. We're just yeah. scared to ask the question. You know, it's like um, another business coach of mine said, it's like when you go to the restaurant and the waitress hands you a menu and then comes back and says, what would you like? You know, that's her job is to ask, what would the, the you pressure. like? He has to come back and ask. But we're so bad about doing that in the aesthetics world is yeah. saying, hey, what would you like? Would you like this cleanser? Would you like this moisturizer? Can we address this and put you on a treatment plan and start, you know, um, you know whatever the case may be is we don't, we don't ask. And there's a reason why we well, don't how, ask. How can we handle that? So, so let's, 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 let's kill this right now because you got a ton of experience. I got a few decades under my belt. What are some questions or ways that you feel let you, we're giving somebody a facial, they're, they're facialing, right? So what would, how would you go about asking them or, or recommending products to, for that sale or, or to improve their retail? Well, I think that's the big thing. And that's one thing we used to always teach is you never sell to them while they're on that table of yours and they are, you know, half undressed. They're very vulnerable and then you start wanting to tell them about products and selling to them. That is not a very comfortable situation for a client to be having that discussion. That, that's their facial. You know, I used to recommend 
when I did the facial and still, do you want me to talk during the facial and tell you what I'm doing each step? Or would you right. rather me be quiet and talk to you afterwards? And a lot of people would say, you know, I just, I just want to relax. I just want to enjoy it. So, you know, as estheticians, we shouldn't be having that conversation. And that's where we get really comfortable with our clients and we get real personal with them. And then we kind of forget the professionalism and that gets thrown out the door once you, you lose it then come out to the room after they're dressed and you're standing face to face with them and you can say, okay, this is what I noticed was going on with your skin. These were the concerns that you want me to address and help you with. This is what I hear you saying and repeat back things that they say and really mm -hmm. have those listening skills to where when you do address that, you're answering those questions just like the waitress handing you the menu and she says, okay, you know, do you want the special or not? And you're just really like you said, answering what their concerns are. I think that's, it goes back to the esthetician too, that thinks she knows it all. You know, we're trained to see so much on the skin and I may look at you and think, oh, hyperpigmentation is the problem because I have it with myself. And yet that's not even her concern. Her concern right. is dark circles. So I don't think we do enough asking questions and listening. And listening is the big thing is really paying attention to what the client's saying. So, you know, uh, would you recommend, and well, th this is what I'm thinking, this from, from my idea, because I've just been in, I used to work at 24 hour fitness, mm -hmm. right? That was one of my first sales jobs, God, like 20 years ago or something like that. And, and with 24 hour fitness, what they would do is somebody comes in and before we, we give them the tour, we would have like this profile analysis, you know, write down their name, you know, what are your goals? They want to lose weight. They want to tone, you know, they want to do all these things. And then we would give them on the tour. And during the tour, we would like show them and go, oh, do you see how this is going to help you with this and that? And, and then at the end of it is the kind of like the sales part. So we kind of sit them down and, and go over that. So like, uh, like with this industry, I know when clients first come in, there's like a, there's some kind of a form they fill out, right? Correct. On that form, do a lot of estheticians have like, what are their goals? What are they looking to achieve? What do they want or, or anything out of that? The consultation form should be very um, in-depth like that. And, yeah. you know, ask those deep questions because if the esthetician is not confident enough to ask those questions, then at least like you said, it's on the form and they can kind of go through it and have that skin consultation with them prior. Um, but I don't think a lot of, people have gotten back to that skin consultation form, you know, they do the basic and then they just kind of go in there and start doing the fluff part. Um, so if your clients aren't sticking with you, maybe that's a reason why, you know, they're looking for someone that's going to give them the answers that just like we shop around, you know, for a doctor that doesn't give us an answer that we want, or we shop around for other things, clients are going to shop around and look for somebody that's going to help them. You know, and, and that's just that's just genius right there. So, so that's the thing. If if there is an underlying, if somebody's coming in for a facial and you give them a facial, and, and that's it, you, you may or may not see that person again. But one thing I will say, it is dramatically decreasing the time of creating a, a long term client, right? And, and one thing, like for example, the twenty four hour fitness, I because I, I just like their process. And, and one thing I believe, Christina, is don't reinvent the wheel. And that's why I study with all these other industries is 24 fitness. What they would do, they'd have this thing and then they would talk about your goals saying, okay, Hey, what are the goals you have for your skin? You know, what would you like to see? You know, uh, 
you know, one year from now, let's just say you had the perfect skin, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. And now this person is telling you, you know, what they want. Why do what, you know, what, what you do with, with better skin? Oh, I would be more confident. I would do this or, or I would take more pictures. Cool. So now you know what this person wants. So you do this before the, the facial. And then during the facial, you, you know, where you're in close and personal, you're able to look at what they already want. But you're also, as, as a doctor would, finding out what other things, like you mentioned, maybe they are struggling with hyperpigmentation, rosacea, or, or you're feeling something. I know some people that have found tumors during a facial or, or certain skin conditions, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so you're doing that. And like you mentioned, whether you're, you're speaking or you're quiet, depending on what the client wants, then at the end, you go back to that initial consultation and go, hey, you know, thank you so much. So this is what we're looking for during your facial. This is what, you know, I also found, you know, just like a doctor would prescribe a medicine, you go, so this is the, the treatment we're going to put you on. How does that sound? Will that work for you? Right. right. And, and this will get you the long-term results because to me, uh, yeah, again, some people are the price shoppers, right? You're going to meet those. Right. You know, Groupon creates them. They're the, you know, if you if you're constantly discounting your prices, you're gonna reach and and get a lot of those clients. But if you want somebody that's long term, who cares about their skin, does want those results, it's a process. Would would you agree? Absolutely. And we don't take that process serious enough. And I think too, depending on the owners, because they just see, oh, an hour they're gonna you know make a hundred and ten dollars. But 30 minutes of consultation, they think they're not making anything, but they're not looking at it long term of that client being loyal to them. So, you know, you have some of these businesses that will only allow five to 10 minutes to turn over a room and retail and talk to a client. And then, yeah, you do kind of feel like the used car salesman that you go on the lot and they're like just going to throw out any car to you without asking, well, what is it that you want? And us having those conversations um, a little bit more in depth and and staying professional with it. You know, I mean, yes, you can get personal and you can talk some personal things, but I think that we have to just cut that line off and be very professional. So they look at us very professional um, yeah. and they re- they treat us that way. You know, they go, wow, she really knows what she's talking about and, and staying confident, staying up to date on your education. Like, you know, there's... I don't think everybody realizes all the factors that go into this industry and there's a lot of them, you know, and, and but, but that's, it, it's easy. Cause once you're able to systemize it a little bit, you know, like, like, again, going back to 24 hour fitness, that was the, that was the system. Yeah. Somebody comes in, they, they sign all of the, they do all this paperwork. They fill out this form. They come to me. I take them on the tour at the end. We go, this is what you want, right? That what you wrote on this form. And, and just going back to your example is, is like being a waitress. You know, the waitress comes saying, you know, what would you like? And then people say, oh, I want this and this and this. What if then the waitress just never came back with the food? <laughs> and so yeah. The waitress just left. Yeah. They, they told she, you, you know, they told you, I want this. And they're like, okay, here's your waters. And yeah. then, right. And, but, but that's the thing. It's not a sale. They're telling you, I want this. I want clearer skin. I want this, this area under my eyes. I want the circles reduced. You know, these are the pain points that I'm struggling with. People will tell you on the form what they want. It's kind of like going to a doctor and say, hey, doctor, I'm suffering from these things. And then the doctor says, okay, this is what you need. And the people and then, go, no, nah, I don't want the medicine. It's like, right. 
or the doctor says, oh, I see all that. And then says, bye. And you're like, well, what? You're not going to give me anything. Right. Yeah, it doesn't I, mean anything. So, 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 so to me that it's not sales. It's just that they're telling you, I want this. Your job is to, you know, kind of go, okay, this is what they're telling me. Then you discover more in, in, in that contact with the skin being the radiance guru. Do you want, if they want that radiance, listen to the guru. Yes. And we right. want, we want them to feel it. You know, they want, we want them to have that experience along with the education. So they walk away feeling like, wow, you know, I got my money's worth and I'm going to go out there and share because we know word of mouth is the best way to build a business. I mean, people are going to talk. And I think that's the other thing that we don't really take advantage of in the industry is the referral or giving them that experience to where they just rave about you and then they can't wait to tell everybody else about you. I mean, Absolutely. I'm as much as I said, I didn't really, you know, enjoy facials. I learned the old fashioned way of the European facial. And when I did the facials at the wellness center, I can't tell you how many people pretty much just everybody said, I never had a facial like that. You know, you like really know what you're doing. I'm like, well, I kind of learned the old school way. And, <laughs> you know, it was like a massage with a facial, but we've gotten away from that human touch too. Yeah. We want to use all kinds of, you know, skin pen and microderm and rollerblading. And that's fine. Those are, they can be utilized at the right time, but we've got to get back to that human touch. That's, and, and, this is an industry that it's not a product or a service industry. It's a, it's a client industry. You ha I think it's just realizing that that client is, is who and what you're putting and, and customizing everything for. Mm -hmm. and so, so it's a matter of like looking at everyone and saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm this, these are the clients that I'm working with. How can I do that? And like you mentioned, it's, it's that referral. You do a good job with them. It's also your name, one way or the other. If, if someone is struggling with skin issues and they got a, a facial from you and then, you know, a month or two down the road, that, that person going to say, hey, you know, I got a facial from so-and-so and I'm still struggling with these skin things, right? Mm -hmm. and, as opposed to if they came to you, did this, and you put them on a system where you say, okay, you're going to do this product. This is your AM routine. This is your PM routine. These are the products you're going to need, you know, one month, two months down the road you know, you're going to get the results. This is where you're going to get, or we're going to work on it until we get it right. Right. Mm -hmm. Because every skin is different. We don't, we're not, we don't know how this is going to work on you. It's not a, it's not a one solution that fits all. Right. And that's where we get into the wellness piece, because if yeah. they do have those skin challenges and those skin obstacles, 90% of it is going to do have to do with what's going on inside the body and the toxins that we've just come in contact with over the last 10 years. I mean, that's even changed from me being in the industry is the toxins that we've taken in on a daily basis and cleaning that up to where the skin can function properly. And right. that's why this industry has moved towards the well-being, the wellness, you know, any kind of article that you read. Um, I think it was 2008, they had written a couple articles about it moving into that direction. And that's, that's where we are. I mean, we're, yes, as much as we like to give a wonderful facial and, you know, put product on the skin for an hour, that is not going to address any deep underlying issues. You, you really should go back to school 
or get educated about what's going on in the body because that's going to affect the skin 100 percent yeah and, and like you mentioned there's so many things that are out there that we don't know the long-term effect for what's mm -hmm. there was that one thing that that weed stuff that people were spraying on weed we'd be whatever the weed is yeah the weed killer Long roundup time. roundup right roundup. and then they found out now all these people are getting cancer or or all these other issues because of the effects of them so so there's a lot of products that are out there you know mm -hmm. we don't know the effects of them long term and unfortunately our skin being the you know the lar largest organ in our body it's going to show that we absorb just just everything so christina if you could go back in time and again i know we've covered so much so much in this talk if you could go back in time when you first started uh you know your industry when you first started your business and you could speak to that Christina again, right? What what are the advices? Because we always go, if I knew then what I knew now. So if we can go back then, what would you tell Christina? Oh, that's a great question. I've never really thought about that. Um, I would say, just, I guess the confidence. I mean, I thought I had the confidence back then, but I have it way more now just because I've done more internal work for myself. Um, doing a little bit more research as far as just that one service and relying on one service to bring me income. Um, I did at the time when I started my business, I sat down with a millionaire and asked him his opinion. And he, you know, was like, oh, you should bring in nails and you need to bring in massage and you need to, you know, use every inch of that space that you have to be an income producing space. And I didn't want to listen to that because I wanted to do the Dermalogica concept store. That's all I wanted to do was what they recommended, which were just the pods and facials. But mm -hmm. you really now have to offer more to your clients because they want to come to that place for more than just one thing, I think. So I think just having diversity in your business, I didn't have that. So that probably was a piece that I missed with not having a little bit more diversity. Okay. And so we, we talked about fear in terms of marketing. One thing that you talked about as well is, is planning out your marketing. How, how is that important? How, how does that, how does that work? Oh gosh, marketing's huge because you is know, it important? People... Is is that a thing? Marketing is that you kind of need it in a business? Absolutely, yes. That's number one. Yeah, to have your calendar sit down, you know, each month what promotion you're going to do. Pay attention to what worked in the prior years, what didn't work. Um, you know, get feedback from your employees of what they think. I think a lot of owners don't necessarily think that the estheticians know much and they do because they're the ones in the trenches back there working and working with their clients. So, you know, it's sad, but working with different, I mean, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of business owners and they really, you know, had their way and only their way. And I think that's, you know, plus that I did is I sat down with my staff and said, okay, well, what do you think? Because that was one thing that we had taught people is to pay attention to, you know, everybody has great ideas and can bring things to the table. So I think mm -hmm. marketing is, is so many different, you know, pieces of the business, but 
it's changed so much. I mean, what was it like 20 years ago, you only had to hear of a business, what, three or four times for it to stay in someone into the customer's mind. And now, now they have to hear it like 20 something times for them to even it register, you know, because we're bombarded with so many different brands and so many different outlets to get information, whether it's a commercial or newspaper still or magazine, the computer, people hear so much information daily. So it's really um, staying on that every single day and not waiting. You know, I, I've reached out to people and you know, they're like, oh, I'm working on my promotion for the holidays. And I'm like, it's December. Dang, girl. <laughs> like, where have you been the entire year? <laughs> so, so here, pop quiz, pop quiz, Christina, Christina, we got, we got, we got business A and we got business B, right? Business A plans their marketing. And, and when you plan your marketing, how much in advance do you, do you feel you should do? Like, like, let's for the holidays. You know, how many, uh, you know, 60 days, 90 days, 30 days, how far out should you be planning your marketing? I think you should start in January and plan for the entire year. So I always recommended starting the first of the year and look at your calendar and each month plan it. Of course, you know, three months out, tweak it a little bit right. more, but that planning should be, you know, a year out. Okay. So we have business A that plans their marketing a year out, mm -hmm. right? We got business B. You know, that's just winging it saying, I got this. I'll, I'm just going to put a Facebook post out the, a week before, you know, maybe, maybe 14 days in advance. So this one's a year out planning, tweaking, let's just say 90 days in front there to kind of look at it again, because it's, it, uh, your marketing plan, it's, it's a living like document. It's a living process. It's going to be tweaked. You're going to change this. You're going to, you know, adjust as you need it. So it's nothing that's set in stone. It's just kind of a, an outline, right? Correct. So you have an outline for the year, roughly of what you're going to do. Business B is just winging it, right? How much more successful will business A be than business B that's winging it? I would say a good 50 to 75%. Yeah, because right. you've, you've set those intentions. So then that's the personal work that you've done is every day or every week. You know, I, I tend to do it every Sunday night where I set my intentions for the week and my goals and I write them down because we know when we write it down, the success rate is so much higher than, yes. like you said, just waiting until, you know, a couple of weeks before and go, oh, I got to throw, throw together a promotion. And I think anyone that you've talked to that's been successful out there, that's what they've done is they've really uh, planned ahead. And that's what a business it's about, right? The more you plan and we realize that life happens, things happen. However, if you have this general guideline in, that, that you can go off your, your outline as you may, because this is what I see. And again, I'm not just saying this and preaching to a lot of people out there because I deal with it myself. You know, I'm, I get behind on my paperwork. I, you know, this life happens, things happen. But one thing I realized, because I've been both of those, I've planned ahead and I've been that last minute guy as well. When I'm that last minute guy where, where I didn't plan, I was last minute on everything. I was last minute on my holiday promotions. I was last minute on my paperwork. I was last minute on my customer service. So, so there are trends in terms of, of a business. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah. Right, and, and, and when you're last minute on stuff or you're winging it, you know, and it's, it's that, I was one of those guys in high school and college where like, I'm best under pressure. <laughs> right, know? or, or multitasking. And then that's great. 
no, 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 yeah. don't do that. Great, great multitasking. You can't multitask. You can only do one thing right. at a time without, without, when your mind is all over the place, uh, there's been studies that have been done on this, but when people are all over the place or they're multitasking, you know, you can't concentrate, you can't do one thing well, and it's easier to make mistakes, mm -hmm. right? You, you know, I've, I've been there, done that, telling you from a vast amount of experience. And so Christina, what's, what's the next level for you? Tell us a little bit more about some of this new business that you've got going oh, on, girl. Goodness gracious. I mean, you know, Ooh. like you were just saying, it's like you like to plan and you like to pay attention to what's going on. But then I think you have the other yin and yang side to it. And you say, you know what, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to uh, just put it out there of my intentions of what I want and then let the universe handle how it's going to unfold. And that's kind of where I'm at is just trusting in the process because I've planned so much over the last 20 years. And most of the time the plan had worked out, but I'm now at the place that I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to let it unfold like it's supposed to and me deliver the information and let whoever needs to hear it, hear it. And so um, I have partnered with a person and we're going to bring, like I said, to the industry both pieces that we just talked about, because I think that's what's really missing with a lot of the business owners is they want to have a business coach, but then they don't have the, the personal one-on-one um, -on -one coaching with those old belief systems and the mindset that we just talked right. about, the nine core values that are really popular. And then we're going to throw in this wonderful test that's been created by a uh, college professor psychologist over 30 years and he has put together this test for women entrepreneurs because that's the other thing that um, tests that are out there really are just neutral for gender and the mind is very different from a man and a woman running a business per this college professor of 30 years of experience so he has put together a test for women and men can take it too, but it is, you know, um, gender specific. And it's really going to dive into like the nine dimensions of what it takes to run a business. And wow. some of those things, which is interesting, can be changed. The doctor, the professor thinks that they can't because it's in your DNA. And it's just not something that can be changed. But I'm one that I like to think positive And I like to think the glass is half full and not half empty. And I'm like, you know, I think we can find what that dimension is that's not working and then peel back those layers and and discover who that person is that can take their business to that next level so it's going to be a twofold system to where it's not just going after hey you know market yourself this way but it's also like let's address what those you know old things are that are back here that we don't even realize creeps up when we're dealing with business on a daily basis whether it's right. the way we talk to our client or um, you know, like we just talked about the money issue, thinking that we're not worthy of it or finding where that confidence is and where the fear has come from. So we're going to dig into all of that. So, and, and you've been doing this for a while, right? 20, 20 plus years, mm -hmm. right? And would you, do you feel that, that this information that, that you're putting together now, right? If you would have had it going back to that decade ago, uh, right? Cause I, I like nice round numbers, right? Right how much more would you have made over this decade if you had this information that that you're that the, the information that you put together now based on your experience you know this other person's experience your business partner's experience you, you put all this together if you had this info and you followed it back then 
what difference would it make for you financially? Easily a million dollars. Easily. Okay. So everybody listening to this yeah. <laughs> will check out the program because, and, and you know, some people, it, it's so funny, Christina. I just, it, it hurt. It breaks my heart because I've struggled with all these things that you talked about. Right. And, and I know for a fact that if I would have done this a decade ago, you know, it, my business would be at a completely different level. Right. right? And, and, and a lot of it, it's, it's like a lot of I, I wouldn't have known it then, but I know it now. Mm -hmm. So so I tell all the people listening to this, watching this, you know, don't wait like, like Christina and I did. Right. <laughs> you know, 10, 20 years to, to do this stuff. Because the cost is, you know, learn from, from our insight as if we're telling you, we're in a time machine going back to you now, just like we would go back to our previous selves and say, do this now. You will not regret it. You will. And, and the best part, Christina, here, success, when you, when you get to a, a certain level of success or, or you feel it better, you know, the, the money is nice, the, the financial aspect. But, but what other aspects of your life get better because of this confidence you have? You're right, because everybody thinks, oh, you're just about the money or you become money hungry and, and you're just focused on money and there's an attachment of maybe greed with that. But it takes it to a whole nother level when you aren't worried about the money and you're truly out there serving and helping others in multiple ways, whether it is with their skin or with their finances or with their health or you have somebody that says, wow, my my body feels better because you address some skin issues. And so now we've addressed this other issue that we know, you know, the famous word is priceless because you're out there working on a whole nother different level of why we got into this industry of the helping people, which, you know, I kind of have changed that word up and it's more serving and supporting people because you're taking it to a whole nother level. And that's why we, I, I truly believe why estheticians get into this industry is because they want to truly make a difference. And yes, the money is absolutely wonderful, but it's what the money can do to go out there and expand in other aspects of that giving. Yeah. And, and you know what, when someone is like, uh, like lately, I've, I've changed a lot in myself. And I'm telling you from experiences, you know, of course, the, you know, the, the money's been good, but, but I've been taking better care of myself. I've, I've lost some weight. I take better care of my skin. And you know what I found out is when I'm self-conscious, like really self-conscious, uh, it, it's kind of like being, it's, it's kind of like having a cut on my face or, or on my arm. If someone has a cut on their arm and you just barely touch, you just barely touch it, it hurts. Right. So I've been living my life to some degree that way, meaning I'm so self-conscious. I'm so sensitive because I see all the shortages in my life that whenever somebody would say something, I would take it personal and it would hurt me inside. And so I can't love somebody else when I'm trying to barely take care of myself. Right. And, and because now that I have a different level of confidence, I'm happy, I, I accept my shortcomings. This isn't perfect, that's perfect, but this is what I'm working with and I'm gonna improve my best I can. You know, I've become a better father. Yeah. I've become a better husband. I've become a better son. And, and my life is at a, at a level that, that is just, I, I can't, I'm so grateful, mm -hmm. right? And, and to me, that's what it's about. It's like when you clear up, when you're helping clear someone's skin, you have to realize 
that when that person is no longer worried about their skin as much, or that person isn't struggling to pay the rent for their business, when this, with this pressure where we feel we're not good enough, right? That is priceless. It is. Because it just flows over. And, and I'm just like, like, like my wife knows it and feels it now because I'm not so sensitive about, you know, being butthurt about her making a comment. I'm like, well, you know, I won't say anything, but in, inside I'm hurting. And mm -hmm. it's hard to love when you're hurt, right? It is. And we, when we're hurting or we're, we don't, we're not in control of something, we're going to over control in another area. And we yeah. don't necessarily realize that at the time. But if you find that you're in that, you know, I got to control everything and you're not letting go and you're worrying, that's just, it, it, there's no benefit to you or anybody around you really. And so that's where it's, it takes it to a whole nother level of that helping and serving and being there for people. And and I mean, I had a client that her skin cleared up in like three weeks because we addressed some internal issues that she had. And like you said, just the confidence to be around her husband. She had just gotten married and then being around his kids because they were a blended family. I mean, just that right there shows that she gave different love to them than she had prior because she wasn't feeling good about herself. That's it. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so this whole business, whether it's the coaching or the beauty or you know, all of this, it, it's, it helps to make you feel better because if you feel good, you can give your best. If your mind is a little freer, you have a little bit more confidence. If you take nothing else but that, I kid you not, that, that's the gift. It's not the Lambo. Mm -mm. They don't hurt. The nice <laughs> cars, the nice houses, they don't hurt. Yeah. The beautiful vacations, they don't hurt. No. Going to a restaurant and, and, being able to eat whatever you want, because Christina, like, like, like when I was raised, I was like dirt poor. And we would go to a restaurant. I wouldn't look at the food. I would look at the prices first. Oh, yeah. Saying, okay, we did that too. What, what could we afford and what could we get here? Because I didn't want to, you know, feel greedy and, and I knew we couldn't afford it. Right. So it's not looking at what we wanted. It's like what we could afford. Mm -hmm. Right. So here, last question. And, and thank you so much for, for your time. If you had the opportunity to get a message across, to a large group of these bold beauty bosses, these business owners out there, what would your message be? My message would be to let's really dig deep inside and uncover what's holding them back for personal, for business, how to go out there and serve on a whole nother level that we've never, we really have never done before. Like I said, taking it outside of our four walls and just expanding the knowledge that we have. This industry, I felt like a while back, everybody was very segregated and didn't wanna help anybody. And God forbid I told you what I was doing over here that was successful. And I think another thing of Planet Reset, you know, COVID has taught us to all come together and say, you know what, we can all be supportive and have a community that supports each other because we're all gonna go out there and prosper and we all have something different and unique to offer people, but we have to find what that uniqueness is inside of ourselves that maybe has been covered up over the last, you know, however many years from whatever's been told to us, or like I said, the old, old crap that's been going on. So I think it's just really, let's find what it is that can, can turn your 
your joy back on, you know, and that happiness, like you said, turn the switch, you know, for so long, I always said, I wish there was a switch that I could just turn off and on, you know, with my moods. Well, there is, it's a switch. It's called a choice. So finding that choice and saying, Hey, today I choose that this is going to make me happy. This is how I'm going to go bless other people and know that that switch is just very easily attainable. You know what? I think that's, that's the best way that I've heard it said in the longest time, turn your joy back on. Because when that switch is on and and we've all felt it before at Mm -hmm. some point in our life, when, when everything is just working out, we're on all cylinders, you're in that zone. And and it's just like, I feel great. That's when, that's when you're just in love with the world and and you're, uh, you know, your vibration with the universe is almost like at one, you just, you're just there. You feel it. You know it, right? You're and, on and that to high me, flying disc. Yes, right. And, and and that's where and it's possible. If you were there once, you could get there again. If you, you felt can get it there once, daily. and 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 you can and you with and everything we talked about today and and everything that you've done, Christina. If people will listen to this, if people can learn from not only our mistakes but also what we could have done, should have done back then, things that held us back you too can turn your joy back on. Yes. And we're going to do it together. Woo woo. Christina, thank you so much. I mean, I cannot tell you how many notes I took on this call. Right. And, and turn your joy back on. I just love that line. Thank you. You need need to put that in a fortune cookie and just be like, (laughs) today you're turning your joy back on. With three snaps. Awesome. Well, thank you so much again for your time. Uh, I'll post it. I'll get in contact with you again. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye.